I'm Tavis Riley, and I'm delighted to have you tuned into our program today, and particularly in this hour. And in this hour, two conversations on the B side. Our resident physician, Dr. Robert Drummond, joins us to dissect the latest news. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but there's some uh, new news, some good news, in fact, about a groundbreaking treatment for sickle cell disease, which obviously impacts African-Americans disproportionately. We'll talk about that. Uh, some news on COVID and some news on the controversial weight loss drug Ozempic. That's on the back side of this hour with our resident physician, Dr. Robert Drummond. We commence this hour with our friend and brother, Peter Greenberg, who is uh, the travel editor for CBS News. I hope, I hope Peter has some secrets to share <laughs> with us about how to best navigate the busiest travel season of the year. Uh, Peter Greenberg, to travel or not to travel this holiday season, that, sir, is the question. <laughs> hey, Tavis, well, listen. Of course, the answer is to travel, but you got to do it smart and you have to be strategic because, remember, it all gets down to three things. The airline schedule itself, what they're charging for fares, and last but not least, the great intangible, weather. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to plan appropriately. We can start with schedule if you want. Because yeah, let's go. Go. The, okay, here it comes. Most of your listeners are probably making their reservations online. I think it's a huge mistake. Because the Internet is not your friend. It doesn't tell you the answers to the questions you have. Plus, it doesn't give you the full inventory. But if you're going to at least research online, don't just be motivated by fare. Most of us are being uh, flying on connecting flights. And I see connecting flights listed there with 33-minute connect times. That's suicidal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. I mean, it takes you 33 minutes to get off the plane. <laughs> so what you need to do, you know I'm right. Yeah, you are. You are. So what you need to do, and that's that's if it's good weather. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is book a connecting flight with at least two and a half hours between flights. You will thank me because every plane is full. And so if your first flight is late and you miss that second flight, even if the airline wants to put you on their next flight, their next flight's full, and you'll, you'll be spending the night in a rocking chair at an airport you didn't want to be in. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing about schedule. I, before, uh, before you move from schedule, before you move from schedule, since you went there, I've been curious about this, and uh, even more curious now, Peter, that you said what you just said. So if we are online and we're not seeing the full inventory, why is every airline everywhere when you're on hold, every 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 audio message they send you, if, if we're not getting the full service online, why are all the airlines pushing us to book flights online? Well, because it's less labor costs for them. Ah. Let me tell you the other answer, though. Okay. How many of your listeners try to call the airline and they're put on hold for seven days? Mm-hmm. So I have an answer for that, too. You do not call the 800 number for the airline in the U.S. You call the 800 number that that airline has for their customers in India, in Japan, in Rome, in London. Uh, they are looking at the same screens as their guys are in Atlanta and Dallas and Chicago, but they'll at least answer the phone. You won't be put on hold. And, and, how, do, and, 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 and how do you find those 800 numbers in India, et cetera, et cetera? Well, believe it or not, you go online and you find out the toll-free numbers for airlines in those host countries, and off you go. Mm, that easy. It is. And listen, you know, you call up and they go, well, you know, if you just leave your number, we'll call you back anytime within the next 17 days. You go, I'll be dead by then, thank you. <laughs> and then you just call 
You just call the 800 number overseas. Yeah. Uh, let, this, this, this is going to be, uh, I want to be sensitive when I say this, uh, but but I know that uh, you mentioned a moment ago, Tavis, you, you said, uh, you, said uh, you know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm right. And so I'm about to say something as well, Peter, and you know I'm right about it. More importantly, if you don't, the audience knows I'm right about it. So I love that. That's why I say Peter has secrets. I love the secret you just shared with us about how to dial the 800 number in India or elsewhere rather than the domestic 800 number because at least they will answer. You won't be on hold for seven days to your brilliant point. And yet I say this lovingly. Is it just me or other people as annoyed as I am when you call not just airlines, since we're talking travel, but anything, and you're talking to somebody in India and you can't understand them or they can't understand you? There's a cultural disconnect sometimes, Peter. Oh, there's not sometimes. It's about it's about bad training and different language skills. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you get a call center, uh, let's just say in India, they don't know the difference between Dallas and Dulles. <laughs> they also think New Mexico is a country that requires a passport. Um, but here's the they do. So here's the good news. There is good news here. Okay. If you call an 800 number and you get somebody who's just having problems with the English language, you have the ability to hang up and call right back and get somebody who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. All right, I jumped in, interrupt because I wanted to ask that question. That was no, your, okay. that, that was the first of your three points. That was scheduled. Your second frame is? Well, the second one is we need to lobby our elected representatives in the, in the area of common sense. Mm-hmm. And that's this. There's not a runway in the world, at any airport in the world, whether it's Los Angeles or Lagos, Nigeria, that can handle more than 23 takeoffs in a given hour. Because there's about a two-and-a-half-minute separation between flights Multiply that by 23, and that's why you get the 60. Now, mm. here's the interesting thing. Why is it that airlines are allowed to schedule 41 flights to take off at 8 o'clock in the morning? Somebody answer that question? <laughs> it's ba- Look, I failed math in school. I did. <laughs> but I can do basic arithmetic here. Yeah. So the airports need to step up here because the airlines won't because they want to be officially competitive. The, air- the airports need to step up and say, look, United Airlines, American, Delta, you can take off at 11.07. American, you can take off at 11.11. Delta, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And we'll switch it around. We'll make it like a lottery. We're not going to tell you what plane you have to fly or where you want to fly or how many times a day you want to go somewhere. But these are your slots. Now, if you miss the slot, you go to the back of the line. Mm. And all of a sudden, you're going to see some very strong strategic scheduling by the airlines because it's now going to – there will be financial consequences if they miss those marks. Mm. All right, I get that. When we come forward, I want to move to charging. Um, you mentioned uh, uh, that as an issue, and everybody wants to hear about that, of course. Um, airlines, obviously, are more competitive than, competitive than ever, and I am curious, as are you, because uh, I've not made my holiday travel plans as yet, uh, to hear uh, what they're charging uh, right about now. And to Peter's point uh, a moment ago, uh, I'm curious to how much power uh, airlines have as a lobby uh, in Washington these days. Has that power waned or groaned on this side of the pandemic. Uh, We'll talk about that and a great deal more. It's the holiday travel season. And the question again, uh, to travel or not to travel, Peter says to travel, of course, but you got to be smart about it. More secrets, more smarts from Peter Greenberg, the CBS News travel editor. When we come forward on Tavis Smart. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? 
More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. More of Tavis Smiley and Peter Greenberg, CBS News travel editor, coming your way right about now. All right, we talked about this scheduling, Peter, how to be smart about that, how to get around being on hold for seven days, uh, as you put it. Uh, talk to me now about uh, the charges. Uh, these airlines are more competitive than ever. Uh, what are they charging to travel this holiday season? Well, Tavis, you know what? Please forgive me, but I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. Okay. okay. They're not being more competitive than ever. Okay. Because there are fewer of them. Okay. Uh, we're dealing almost with an oligopoly here mm-hmm. uh, because you're dealing with Fortress Airlines, right? United is out of Chicago, Delta is out of Atlanta, Americans out of uh, Dallas, and they basically figure, well, you're going to fly us anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's why fares have been unseasonably high for most of the last two years. Now, the good news is, speaking of charging, is that they fell off a cliff about two weeks ago, right after Thanksgiving, and they're going to stay down, with the exception of a couple of days around Christmas, through the end of May. So it's a buyer's market right now, mm-hmm. as everybody's saying, you know what, I think I spent too much money on travel this year. I think I'm going to hold back until 2024. Or they're saying, you know what, i got presents to buy. I'll, I'll stay home for the next three months, but I still want to travel. But the point is, right now you're seeing projections that airfares – over the next two months, will drop anywhere from 26 to 32 percent over where they were last year. So if you're listening to me now, there's a good chance you'll see some pop-up sales on the Internet. They may not be around for long, maybe a day or two, but those fares that they're offering are going to be good through the end of May of 2024. Mm. Well, the flip side, uh, and you're the expert, you know better than I, the flip side of them being uh, less competitive and not more competitive is that they're working together to play all of us. So is that what they're doing? Did you just say that? Uh, Yeah, I did. You didn't. I did. I mean, you ain't got. Hey, Peter, you ain't got but two options. Either they're competitive, or they're all they're all in alignment and they're working against us. You you ain't got but two options, brother. Well, you know which one. Then you know the option. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's it's a matter of supply and demand. Yeah. And the airlines have been doing. The airlines have made more money in the last twenty-four months than they made in the last eight years mm-hmm. um, because every plane has been full. We all wanted to get back out and travel. And unfortunately, we weren't very price sensitive. We said, you know what? I'm going to get back out and travel after the pandemic. I don't care what it costs. Give me that room. I don't care how much I pay for it. Give me that seat. Well, now the bills are coming in. So yeah. get ready. You you may have just answered this question, but every single person listening to you and me right now knows who's traveled, knows exactly what you just said is true. After the pandemic, hotels, airlines, rental car agencies, these fools lost their mind, uh, minds, plural, with these increase in, with this increase in prices. I think, are you suggesting to me they got away with it because we paid it? Uh, yeah, I'll give you one example close to home. We found a Motel 6. We all know that is, right? Yeah. We'll keep the light on for you. Mm-hmm. We found a Motel 6 in Santa Barbara that was charging, fasten your seatbelt, $436 a night. <laughs> Man. And they were full. Mm. And they were full. Mm. And, and, and and your view is that we agreed to pay these outrageous prices, this highway robbery, um, or skyway robbery. Uh, we, we agreed to pay this because, why? we were so desperate to get out after the pandemic? Yeah, we, we just wanted to get back out. Because something else happened, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be serious for a second here. Mm-hmm. For so many of us, the pandemic forced us to come up close and personal with our own mortality. Mm-hmm. And... You know, either we got COVID and luckily we survived or somebody we know or love, a family member or a close friend got it and didn't. And it changed our purchasing patterns. We then got out of there and said, you know what? 
I don't want to buy a new car. I don't care about clothing or jewelry or expensive electronic items. I have no idea how long I'm going to be on the planet. So you know what? I better get out and see the world. I want to buy experiences. And we all came rushing out. Yeah. That really explains a lot of it. Yeah. So let me just let me. You, you mentioned um, you mentioned um, the power of these airlines earlier, uh, and I, I want to ask Peter how complicit Congress has been with the airlines being able to flex in the way they have um, since the pandemic, or even for that matter, prior to. But how complicit has Congress been in giving the airlines pretty much everything they want? Well, it's not just Congress, Tavis. It's also the regulatory agencies like the U.S. Department of Transportation and the FAA. Mm -hmm. The problem right now is we still do not have a passenger bill of rights in this in this country. In Europe, there's something called EC Rule 261. It's been on the books for years. They do have a passenger bill of rights. If you're on an airline in Europe and they delay your flight by more than three hours, they write you a check on the spot. They're required to do it. Mm -hmm. In the United States, they might give you 5,000 bonus miles that you can't redeem. <laughs> so uh, we need to – look, if you want to get everybody's attention, cancel Congress's flights. Mm. That'll like get it. their attention. I like it. I like and you it. know what? Short, short of legislation, because legislation never seems to do what it's supposed to do, we need effective rulemaking from the U.S. Department of Transportation. That's what the hope is for 2024. So let me just ask you point blank. Uh, I'm not naive in asking, but since you went there, Peter, I'll follow you. Why in this country do we not have a passenger bill of rights? Because the Congress has been lobbied. You, 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 you brought it up. Mm -hmm. Congress has been lobbied very effectively by the airlines, who claimed, by the way, for many years, that if you do this to us, we'll go out of business. Mm -hmm. If you do this to us, we'll have, a, we'll have a complete financial meltdown. And, of course, that never happened. What we did see, and we're seeing it all over again right now, is consolidation. Mm -hmm. We're seeing airlines buying other airlines and fewer airlines out there. We're on the verge of an oligopoly. Mm -hmm. So, for example, JetBlue wants to take over Spirit. That case is now being litigated in court in Boston because the U.S. Justice Department is claiming it might be anti-competitive. And on the West Coast, we just saw Alaska Airlines announce it wants to buy Hawaiian mm -hmm. for nearly $2 billion. And now the Justice Department has to look at that. But if either of those two mergers go through here's the question i know you don't need to answer because you know the answer are airfares going down or up mm -hmm. i get it um what's 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 driving um all these mergers these these corporate takeovers as it were well they want to consolidate because they want to control markets mm -hmm. uh, and once they control markets they can set prices anywhere they want and let me give you one more step mm -hmm. if the spirit deal goes through with JetBlue, that would leave only one ultra low Fair airline or ultra low cost airline left in America as Frontier Airlines. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the numbers. Let's say they're charging $80 for a ticket right now, and now they're the last ultra low cost carrier left. What's to stop them from charging $150 a ticket? They'll still be cheaper than everybody else, but how much more money they're going to make and who's going to have to pay that? When you, when you said ultra low cost carrier, for some reason, just because I'm probably conditioned this way, my mind went to Southwest, but you obviously don't put Southwest in that category anymore. Oh, no. Southwest is now one of the majors. Uh, they Look, they do a very, very good job. They've branded their whole company around not nickel and diming you way mm -hmm. before the pandemic. They weren't charging you to check bags. If you had to cancel a flight, you didn't lose your money. They just gave you credits. They've done a very responsible job. Even though they had a meltdown about a year ago that we all remember, mm -hmm. they still have a huge reservoir of passenger goodwill because, no, they're not the cheapest airline on the block, but they have great passenger goodwill because they're not nickel and diming people.
Yep. Um, back to this notion of a passenger's bill of rights or the, the fact that we don't have one, I should say, in, in this country. Um, have they changed the rules or are there rules? You tell me, Peter Greenberg, about what happens when there is some sort of delay and they won't let you off the plane and you're on the runway for hours. We've all seen those horror stories. Nobody wants that during the holiday season. What's, what's the rule, if there is one, about that this holiday season? Well, believe it or not, there is a rule. It's been around for about 12 years. It was an example of great rulemaking by the Department of Transportation. It's called the Tarmac Delay Rule, and here's how it works. It has severe financial consequences for the airlines. If they push back from the gate with you on the plane and they make you sit out there on the tarmac for more than three hours without going back to the gate and getting you off the plane, they are liable to a fine of up to $27,500 per passenger. Mm. Guess what? A fully loaded 737, you're already in seven figures. Mm -hmm. So here's the question. How many tarmac delay violations have there been in the last 12 years? You ready? Yeah. About eight. <laughs> it went down. <laughs> it went, it almost disappeared. Yeah, that's And the good. airlines they fought it and said, this is unfair, we can't do it. Of course they could do it because there were severe financial consequences. Yeah. So clearly the question I'm about to ask now is a case-by-case -case basis, but we've all been in the situation where the, the, the flight is oversold, and you're going to hear a lot of this as you travel during the holiday season. The flight's oversold, and they start offering money to get off the plane. Now, I always get mad at the idiots who take the first offer because I'm like, sit down and <laughs> shut up. If you shut up, they're going to keep raising this dollar figure because they can't take this plane off until somebody accepts the deal. And I hate these fools that take the first offer that they make. But what's your, what's your rule? I, I, obviously, you're Peter Greenbrooks. So I know you never take the cash. You never take it. But what, 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 what are your thoughts about whether or not, when, where, how we ought to consider taking the money and getting off the plane? Not so fast, Mr. Smiley. There Let you me go. tell you my story. Okay. I'm on a flight, and it was overbooked. They said, who wants to volunteer to give up their seat? We'll give you a voucher for $500. And everybody got smart, and nobody stood up. Then I went up to 1000 Then I went to 1500 We're still sitting at the gate. Now it's at 2000 <laughs> It goes to 2500 And I'm saying, do I need to get to Chicago right away? Do I really need? And it, it got to $4,500. I think, okay, I'm taking the money. I stood up. I got trampled. <laughs> everybody, everybody else got it. But, the, but your point is well taken. Yeah. Don't be the first to volunteer. It's, a, it's an auction. Yeah. The money's going to go up. Yeah. I, I have never. I'm laughing for a couple of reasons. That one, you got trampled. I'm glad you're okay. But, but I have never been on a plane where it went up to $4,500, number one. And number two, I've never been on, and I guess I could have reversed these. I've never been on a plane where the passengers were smart enough to wait till it got, to, till it got that high, Peter. Well, you know what? A recent, there are two recent flights on Delta Airlines uh -huh. where they wrote checks for $10,000. Man. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, and, and so obviously the, the, the airlines, they have obviously agency and how high they're going to go. I'm just curious if you know the backstory for how they make that decision, like who's, who's calling, who's calling balls and strikes when airlines, because I mean, when we hear it, we're hearing the announcement from the flight attendant, or actually the gate agent, the gate agent or is making the announcement. Who's calling the shots on, on how high that bidding can go, that auction can go. Well, they're actually given authorization to go up as high as $10,000, but the, but the criteria here is this. You're sitting at the gate. The plane is now not going to leave on time. Right. And for every five minutes you're late, the cost of that airline goes up exponentially. So they got a choice to make. Are they going to keep that plane at the gate longer or write the check now? 
Because mm-hmm. sooner or later you're going to have misconnected passengers, misconnected bags, crews that time out on their on their time, and planes that get nowhere. So they have to make a call, and it's really interesting to watch it happen because once you get beyond eight minutes on a departure time, mm-hmm. that money starts flowing, at least in terms of the offer. Mm. All, of, all of this could have begun with this simple question, which is why airlines are allowed to overbook a flight in the first place. Well, in the old days, it was easy because they were overbooking business class flights for business travelers because they had a very high no-show rate on business passengers who canceled flights and showed up later and took other flights, and they were paying a higher fare to do so. They could, they could actually do that without getting a penalty. Those days are over. Now the planes are just full anyway because all of us are flying. There are very few no-shows. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your read? <clears throat> excuse me. What's your read, Peter, on all of these um, these tricks that they uh, that they use? And maybe I shouldn't call them tricks, but all of these promotions. There's, there's a more uh, a, a kinder word. What's your view of all these promotions that these airlines uh, advance uh, about seats with extra leg room? Is is it worth it? Well, let me put it this way: we call it the misery index. Mm-hmm. They show you a seating chart where if you take the seat you wanted. Uh, not the seat you want. You take the seat they give you. Mm-hmm. You you require orthopedic surgery. So, <laughs> so it's all about the upsell. Mm-hmm. They give you the most miserable seat, and they go. Oh, by the way, for for thirty five dollars more, you'll have a less miserable seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about you're going to be lounging in the Barker lounge. No, mm-hmm. you're going to get a little more interim uh, and very little more width. Um, and and sometimes what they consider a better seat. And one that they'll sell for more money is the middle seat. What's that all about? Yeah. So if, I, if you give me a coach seat, a window seat in the back, you know what? I will grin and bear it. On principle, I'm not going to upsell myself to a seat that I think is better when it really isn't. Yep. I mean, you, you are the Peter Greenberg, but does the Peter Greenberg ever just decide, as many Americans have to decide uh, in the next few days, whether or not they're just going to drive? Oh, Sure. You know, you have that cost comparison where, you know, gas prices have gone up, but they haven't gotten totally outrageous. And if you amortize the, 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 the price of gas about how many people you got in the car, short of doing the Beverly Hillbillies with granny strapped on the roof, <laughs> uh, it becomes economically viable to drive, especially if it's under 600 miles. Yeah. And what's, what's your read? You you do this for a living, and uh, thankfully you can report back to all the rest of us uh, what you saw and what you learned and offer us some advice and share some secrets. But what's your view? I've got mine. But what's your view of the service these days across the board, uh, the service that airlines used to offer as compared to what we're getting or not getting these days? Well, look, I'm not on the plane for the food. Airline food is an oxymoron to begin with. <laughs> I'm not on the plane for the... I'm not on the plane for the rich Corinthian leather, yeah. and I'm not on the plane for the Broadway show tunes the flight attendants will not be performing. I'm, I'm on the plane. Let's face it. I'm on the plane to go from point A to point B and not die. Right. And when somebody, when I, every time I land, somebody says, hey, hey, do you have a nice flight? I give them a two-word answer, and I'm being honest. We landed. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is why I love Peter Greenberg. He, he doesn't, and this is why CBS loves him. Uh, he doesn't just give you great advice and share some secrets. Uh, he uh, he's funny, and he, he makes it uh, he makes it relatable. Uh, Peter Greenberg, I appreciate you. Uh, happy holidays to you. Uh, thanks for the secrets, and we, we'll take advantage of them uh, in the holiday season, my friend. All the best to you. Right back at you, man. Thanks, Peter.